Welcome to the Wellcast. The world has a lot to say. We're bringing a biblical perspective to those conversations. Welcome back to another episode of the Wellcast. Usually, I am joined by the one and only Jordan Hogue. But we love Jordan. We do. We do. Best boss ever. <laughs> but today, we have a special crossover episode for you all uh, with our friends from the student, uh, the, the Well Student Cast. And uh, if you haven't heard the stuff that they're putting out there, it's so good. Our students are loving it. Their parents are loving it. So check them out. You can plug find right them. There. There's a little plug. <laughs> you can find them wherever podcasts are sold. Sold or just freely given out there. <laughs> uh, um, we don't make any money. Yeah, I'm I'm here Sponsors. with with uh, with our high school pastor here at the Well, Kao Yoshikawa. What's up, guys? And his amazing. <laughs> she, basically, she does everything. Honestly, oh yeah. I, I, I wanted to we share like her title without her. Yeah, she's yeah. the program coordinator and women's shepherd. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Bryn McElhatton is here, and uh, and just excited to talk through this topic with you guys today. Grateful that you're joining us. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks, thanks for, for having, having us. us. Well, uh, <laughs> you guys work together too much. In sync. Hey, well, uh, today we're going to talk about a topic that if you were if you were born on planet Earth, <laughs> you need to listen to because yeah. honestly, there is I don't know if there's a topic that's more relevant in our society than the topic of fear of failure. Yeah. And I know for me. Uh, when I was growing up, so a little story to kick us off. I was uh, I was in uh, fourth grade, mm-hmm. and I got my first B. Whoa, first B ever! Like That's a big I deal. was like A A A A. Uh, it kind of started to become who I was. Yeah, and I got a B, and I didn't think I deserved that B. And you know what I did? I cried like a baby. <laughs> Like I, I was at home crying. I'm like, mom, mom, it's not fair. Oh, There's yeah. no, like, I don't mm-hmm. deserve this. I did the work. I'm like fourth grade. And already by fourth grade, we're starting to to define ourselves by what we do, what we accomplish. Yeah. And uh, I know for me later in life, uh, that's something that I still deal with. And so what do you guys think about, I mean, we're, we, we literally live in a society that starts telling you your worth and value is tied to, to what you do and what you accomplish from the very early age. What do you guys think about a society that says stuff like that? Yeah. I mean, I think there's such a trend in just this idea of that we are what we do and not in who we are or who like our creator designed us to be. Um, while you're talking, I'm just thinking about the idea. I would say almost like a hundred percent of our sixth grade girls in WSM last year said they had some sort of like identification of anxiety over their grades and over what their college they would go to. And I think there's just such a like identity around what we do and how we perform. And so that's really hard to combat. Yeah. I think even for me, like when you were saying that, that reminded me of like, um, I was like, I need to make sure I get uh, good grades because then that means my like parents would love me. Mm. And then if I don't get good grades, then I don't. I'm not sure I'm loved. So reward was tied to your performance. Yeah. Mm. So like how how and not just reward, but like love of your parents. Yeah. Like yeah. we needed to be able to like show that I deserved it. Mm-hmm. And so living in that like I think that was like very ca- like not like uh, it was very like um, burdening. Yeah. You know? Like I put myself in my own jail that I had to continually perform. To gain love, and I think that even shows my relationships now. Like I'm like always constantly like, well, do you do you love me? Like, do you mm. love me? And then do I how do I earn that? 
if I'm not performing and yeah. I don't know, it's just like this weird like mix sometimes. Yeah. Cause we live in a society where we have to earn everything, right? You earn yeah. raises, mm-hmm. you earn love, you earn kindness, you earn respect yeah. and all this stuff. And so I, I just wonder, you know, what, what has it looked like, Bryn, maybe for you, what, what does it look like to have fear of failure in, in your own life? Yeah. I mean, I think a trend throughout my whole life has kind of been just this fear of failing others. And so I will be whoever the person in front of me wants me to be. Mm, and the so, chameleon. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so I think about like end of high school, beginning of college uh, age for me. And that looked like a lot of like partying and like a lot of decisions with guys and things like that, where I knew that wasn't like performing well. Like mm-hmm. I knew that was still like making mistakes, but it was me not failing the people around me. Mm. And so uh, I think even now in relationships, it's just like, I want to make sure that I'm being the best friend or I want to show up exactly how you need me to um, out of this fear of failing what their expectations are for me in their life. Yeah. yeah. How, how, how has that kind of shaped a little bit of who you are? Like, like even now, you know, out of, out of high school, post college, like how has that shaped a little bit of, of who you are and how you see yourself? Yeah. Um, I think, I mean, honestly, there was a period uh, when I went through region where honestly, I didn't know who I was like. Mm. And so I think even that question, like it's hard for me now because, um, I think I had to do so much filtering through of like what parts of me are because this is actually how the Lord designed me and like who I am in his creation and what parts of this is just me trying to be what everyone else wants. And so I think even still, it's just this like constant check of why am I doing what I'm doing? Am I just doing this because I think you want me to, or the person across from me wants me to, or is this me genuinely living out what the Lord's calling on my life is? Mm, that's good. That's deep. That's yeah. that preach. I will. I will. Well, you know, I'm interested, Ka'o. What What do you think? Like some some of the the driving forces behind this fear of failure, like in our society, there's so many reasons why we have it, right? And, and that makes it harder because all of a sudden we're trying to figure out, well, uh, if, if we can get, it's like whack-a-mole, right? We get one, one cause of fear of failure under control and then, and then we have the other ones pop up. What are some that you've seen just like in general, maybe in ministry or in your own life or in the lives of, you know, people you're in community with? Yeah, I think, uh, probably the driving force of that is like, I just want to belong, and so if, if I'm accepted and appreciated, then I feel like I'm part of a community. And then I think another one, just like for me that I've really experienced is like this idea that like, if I prove that I'm have worth by my actions, uh, then I have value and therefore like I deserve to exist, mm-hmm. you know, like I have purpose. Um, and especially because we are a, um, we are a progressive, like society celebrates progressive uh, progression. Mm-hmm. Uh, like if we continue to innovate, continue to get better, we like society like appreciates it. And so therefore we need to do more. And then therefore we fear that if we go backwards at any point, then that means we ourselves, like our being, um, there's something wrong with us. Mm. And, um, if society, like, I mean, that's just a driving force. I don't want, I don't want to be looked at as like either lazy or not good enough or, um, like be left behind or like all those things because then, then we're not going upwards and society celebrates that. And Mm so I think that is really what drives us there. I think ultimately the whole root of that is just like, I have a misplaced um, identity or self-worth. Mm. I'm putting it at your feet and your definition of it versus recognizing that it should go to the one who created me. Mm-hmm. Um, but for some reason, I want your like affection or your love or your praise 
more than I want the Lord's. Mm -hmm. uh, and then therefore it drives me to keep doing it. because it's not wrong. Like when I get praise from people, it's like, that makes me feel good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And so then therefore we almost want it more like, okay, yeah. like that's good. Um, and then when we don't get it, that's when like we recognize that oh, I'm afraid of that. I don't like how that makes me feel. Well, and there's a need, there's a, or there's a difference between needing it and wanting it. Yeah. Like those are two mm -hmm. different things. Like everybody wants uh, words of affirmation. For sure. Well, yeah. maybe not everybody, sure, but yeah. most people. Yeah. And, and yet there's, there's this, uh, there's this other side of it that's so dark, mm -hmm. which is the need yes. for it. Yeah. yeah. I and, remember someone saying when I like first got into ministry, um, I'd gotten connected with someone who had a similar job to me. I just get some advice and pick their brain. And I remember her saying one of her biggest pieces of advice that stuck with me for so long is like people can affirm a calling or can affirm a gifting, but they, or no, they can, affirm it, but they can't confirm it. Mm. Um, and so the Lord's the only one that can confirm that we have these giftings or that like he's calling us to something. Um, and so if we're always looking for people that confirm everything in our life, that's where I think those things can get messy for us. Yeah, I think that's true. That's, that's really good. good. Brynn, you're, you're just, just dropping gold it. here. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay. Can you think of a time in your life where this was particularly hard for you? Um, yeah, I, every day, <laughs> if we're just being really honest, right. yeah. I think we are really good at faking that we don't have this fear, but uh, yeah, I think every day, I think for me, um, just knowing that like, uh, you know, English isn't really like my first language is definitely like, uh, growing, growing up in Hawaii, it's very much more slangy and pidgin mm. if you heard that. And so I remember even when I moved to Oklahoma, my first day, I remember I just got put into like ESL classes. Really? And I spent the whole year being like, no, I know English, but I just, I'm so confused at why I'm like being taught how to speak it again. Yeah. Um, and so then I just like, I never wanted to fail because I didn't want to feel like I was being mistreated. And then, so then that would just like paralyze like, me, I would always want to like do better. So I would stay up late or I would get like, I had to be the best. And so I would even like lose other friendships trying to get better. Like I'd put down other people so I would be better or I'll be very honest. I remember I, um, sabotaged one of my friend's homework assignments. Tell me more about that. Um, I desperately wanted, <laughs> this is terrible. I love it. This is Honestly, awful. I kind of love this. Yeah. This is awful. <laughs> Um, I, uh, I had a friend in, uh, in, in middle school, I was like trying to be the best in this class. Cause I really wanted to get out of this class okay. and show that I belonged in whatever, you know, on level class or whatever, but I was stuck in ESL classes, English as second language classes. And so I remember my friend was asking me, uh, for help on his homework and I gave him all the wrong answers. And I said, oh yeah, this is right. You know, trust me, I speak English. And he was like, okay, oh, this is terrible. And um, so he turns in his homework assignment. He's a zero. I erased all mine, put my actual, the actual right answers and got a hundred. And he was, he, that's when I got caught. Cause he was like, well, like I, well, he got caught. Cause he confessed and was like, I copied <laughs> his homework assignment. Why do I have a zero? And he has a hundred. And then that was like conflict for me because I was like, uh, sorry, dude, I mm. gave you the wrong ones. Yeah. So like you actively tried to put somebody else down to make yourself feel better. Yeah. Because I was afraid of like failing in this class. Cause I was like, yeah. I needed to be better. I mm. needed to, I needed, like yeah. you said, not wanted, I needed to be better. Because I was started feeling very insecure about who I am and what, like, what the heck, like, I know English, whatever, like, my own identity stuff. I just moved from yeah. Hawaii to Oklahoma. It's a massive transition in general. Um, and my dad really wasn't showing up then. How old were you? Uh, I was 14. Okay. So, like, this is eighth grade going into uh, freshman year. Yeah. And so, this was tough. I, that, that is just, like, 
Like, I mean, it's, the fact that I'm telling you this is really mm. bad. But like, yeah. I really wanted someone else to lose. Yeah. Because I wanted to look better. You know. I wish that I could tell uh, our listeners that that's something that happens to just 14 year olds, uh, <laughs> and that we don't have to like after you turn 15, you don't have to worry about it anymore. Yeah. It's not right. Yeah. I mean, it, it's so common for us to to look at at uh, you know other people who are excelling and somehow make that seem like we're failing. Mm-hmm. Like it's not. I mean, the the root behind that is is comparison right yeah. I mean yeah. and so we're we're measuring our failure or our success based on who somebody else is and what they're doing and really the the truth is like if it, you know we can we can that's a lie that Satan puts in there yeah. like he he's the father of lies he mm-hmm. wants us to to buy into his lies that if somebody else is succeeding we're failing yeah, yeah. and that our worth and value is tied to who we are compared to somebody else yeah totally. I uh can be really honest. This actually, when you said that, that reminded me of something I just had a conversation with Cassie about my wife. Yeah, she's a CrossFit coach too. She also, you know, she has a lot, she has a lot of hats. And um, so when you go to the gym, I don't know if other people experience this, but like you go probably, the, I'm guessing we do. You go to the gym and you're like, wow, these people are yoked, okay? They're okay. shredded, yeah. Or they've been doing, you know, this exercise for a long time, yeah. And then I am here being really short. We're on this rower. We're on the rowing machine. Okay. Okay. If you're a little bit taller than I am, or t- like average people, <laughs> you actually have more drive with your legs because you just tend to be taller. Okay, yeah, leverage. Mean, yeah, yeah, which means that you get to get more like calories or meters on the rower machine. Yeah. I, little short man over here, <laughs> have to now do like five times more work to achieve the same amount it mm-hmm. takes for you just because of the way you're, you, you are designed. So you're getting better workouts. That's not true. <laughs> okay. Because then that's what you think, right? And that's because I'm comparing to the other person. Yeah. I remember telling Cassie, I was like, I'm putting so much more effort, and yet it's taking me longer to do a workout than they are. And then she said, well, it's perceived effort. You have to recognize that if you're doing your best, then that's all that matters. Why are you comparing someone who's already designed differently? Because you're not in the same category. Dang. That's so good. And I was like, what? She was like, yeah, seriously. Like, we, they did their perceived effort, and that's their best. Mm-hmm. And you did your perceived effort, and that's your best. So, like, why are you comparing the, comparing the fact that there because like that doesn't work that's so it's weird. like it's actually non-comparisons you're unable to do that well and the truth is you don't know you only know what their life looks like when they're on the rowing machine yeah yeah like you're comparing your whole self <laughs> yeah my whole identity <laughs> i literally i'm rem- on a rowing machine yeah <laughs> i literally walked over, this is, sounds like such a silly illustration but i think it just really shows like our like totally. how this multiplies but i remember walking away being like my day's ruined and I'm like, I should, I was like, I should probably just like eat like more protein or something. And Cassie's like, what are you doing? You're changing your whole life, your whole day because of one thing. Yeah. Like, and who knows, who knows what's going on in that other, in that guy's life. Like mm-hmm. he could be yeah. ripped and yoked and like whatever adjective you want to use. Like yeah. he could be, he could be rowing circles around you yeah. and his life could be a mess. Yeah. And you're allowing what he does on the rowing machine to define whether you're, you're good or not. Yeah. And like if I'm good enough. Not that I'm hoping, I mean, that sounded like a little bit like I was hoping that guy's life is a, <laughs> no, a no, mess. No, no, but you're but making an illustration. Yeah. That's because we're comparing, Brynn, you say this a lot. You say this a lot. Yeah. Tell you away. Uh, well, I think sometimes we compare like our worst moments to everyone else's highlight reel. And yeah. so we're like, exactly. we're like, man, like I feel X, Y, Z. I'm so lonely. I'm so isolated, but look at their, like, look at their friend group that they have, or like, look at how successful they are in their job. And like, I don't know. I'm thinking of like more like 
adult examples of what you need for students. Like they can buy this thing, they can buy a boat. Yeah. I can't. I don't know. Like they have a home and yeah. I'm still renting. Or, I'm in an know. apartment. Yeah. yeah. And so I think um, what you're pointing out is that we're only seeing what they're putting out there for us. Yeah. And we're tiptoeing around this idea of comparison now, but I think like if we can move, Kao said this before, like if we can move from comparison to celebrating, I think that can also combat this fear of failure because yeah. we're celebrating you, we're for you and your successes and your success doesn't mean I'm failing. Yes. And so if I can change that lens to be celebrating the person next to me instead of like this idea around myself, that mm -hmm. can kind of combat that. I little. love that concept. Like I, I just really, I think so much anxiety around this idea of fear of failure could be could be alleviated if we started to celebrate the successes of other people and realize that we're all in this together. Yeah. yeah. Like we, we're, we're a team. And, and so I just, I love that what you said and, and what popped into my head, and I'd love just, just to hear what you guys yeah, yeah. think about this mm -hmm. is I, I think a fear of failure is actually maybe a pursuit of perfection. Absolutely. No, it's 10,000%. <laughs> yeah. I think something that was like pretty a harsh reality for me to face this past year is I like really identify with this fear of failure and striving for perfection. And I had to come to this like terms with, I think I also had those expectations on the people around me too, where I'm like, no, like I, I love people for who they are and like wherever they're at. Um, but I was having this expectation for perfection of everyone around me. Um, and I think even we were talking before this and I'm surprised I'm sharing it, but um, I actually like haven't finished college. And I remember when all my friends, this would have been the year I would have graduated. If you're listening, she's 22. So she's not way behind. <laughs> Don't think that. Okay, But when like all my friends, this was the class that everyone was graduating. And there was that instinct in me where I was just like, I suck. Like I'm way behind. What am I doing with my life? None of these people understand that I am in church ministry and I'm not, haven't finished school. Mm -hmm. Um, meanwhile, but, meanwhile, if you know Bren, you know, like she is absolutely living out who God made her to oh, be. Yeah, like she's crushing it. Yeah. Uh, my daughter loves her. <laughs> so many that. of your daughters love her. <laughs> and so I think that just illustrates, right? It, 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 it's, it's absolutely true. I'm not, I'm not making that up. And, and that illustrates that we could feel like we're failing in one area yeah. because God wants us to be in another. Mm -hmm. And, totally. and I think that's just an interesting, like, I, I I'm so grateful you shared that because I think it it shows other people that we can define failure like the failures in our life are doors that open to other things. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, and what's what are we like determining and measuring success as? Because yeah. in in a world and culture term, yes, like graduating in four years is what success is. Um, and I'm not like diminishing that. I think that's a huge accomplishment. But I think um, are we determining our success and failure by like what the Bible says that we're like called to do, or is that by like these things that were set as standards around us by the world. And if we, if we focus so much on, on the fear of failure, what we're actually saying is we actually just want the destination. Mm -hmm. We don't want the journey. And so if we could focus on the journey, like Brent, if you, if you were able to, to focus on the journey, you could see where God has you at this point. It's not about a point in time or a destination. It's, mm -hmm. it really is about like, where am I going? Like, where is God leading me next? And, yeah. and he's in control. And, you know, I think we, we like to live life. I, I heard this illustration once. I think Francis Chan did it. He's like, 
the whole like Jesus is my co-pilot oh, like yeah, bumper yeah. sticker. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've and, seen, actually seen that in Fresno. Yeah, and yeah. He, he's like <laughs> all he, over. He's like, well, actually, most of us live like Jesus in the trunk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he said that, and, and he's like, but even if you're not, do you really want Jesus to be your co-pilot? Like the God of the universe is <laughs> is, is is like sitting in your passenger seat, and you're like, I got this, Jesus. Yeah, he's yeah like, that's, Let a, Jesus. that's some pride stuff. Yeah. Right and that was before Carrie Underwood put out Jesus Take the Wheel, yeah. and I'm like that. That's that's the that's probably better. Yeah, that's the <laughs> that's, that's like my the go-to karaoke song. <laughs> Show us. <laughs> just want to. I want to hear it. I think our listeners Jesus. would love. Yes. Yes. Oh. I don't have a good voice. So good, but but I think you know as we as we think through this idea of like fear of failure of of comparison, why is it so harmful? Like what? Like there's a lot of people out there who are like, yeah, I I have that, and mm-hmm. it. And and there are positives to it. No, for sure. We we yeah. can't we can't just sit here and talk about uh, fear of failure and and like ignore the fact that there are positives. So let's get to the negatives after. But let's talk about the positives first because I think we have to be honest. There are positives to totally. to being driven towards perfection. What are they? Uh, you do a good job. I know. I was yeah. Jordan's literally like told me before. Your fear of failure kind of makes you really good at your job. Yeah. Like, I mean, it yeah. Just, yeah, it just it just like forces us. It's like it literally becomes the motor that drives us to do yeah. well. Yeah. Um, because of that fear, and so then therefore we get awarded. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think that's why it's like a really bad cycle on a bad day. Yeah. But. Yeah. And I think in relationships, like a fear of failure can look like a good thing in the sense of like, oh, I'm showing up for my friend. Like, I'm a really good friend to you. I'm whatever you want me to be. Yeah. And so they really like me in that moment. Like, yeah. I have a relationship out of that. It's not out of a good place, but for the time being, I think that can look like a good thing. And when you when you do accomplish whatever you set out to, you feel fulfilled in that, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, there's a especially because we've been conditioned uh, from an early age to to want that A or to mm-hmm. want that award or to win MVP, right? I mean, those, those are the things that drive us. It's like um, since we've been little, people have been putting carrots in front of us and mm-hmm. saying, "You just got to you just got to strive to get the carrot." And we're on a treadmill. And like we're we can't we can't move forward. We're just the carrots out there, and we just keep running. We keep running. There's we keep running. There's always another thing. Well, yeah. Every yeah. every now and then somebody throws like a carrot at us, and we we catch it. But that carrot's still out there. Yeah. yeah. And and I think that there there are positives to it. But can we accomplish that without the fear of failure? Like, can we be really good at what we do, but but not define us? And I think that's the the, the not define us by by. Uh, what we accomplish or, or not not uh, carry around with us this fear of not being good enough. Because for me, that's what it is, right? Mm-hmm. I stand in front of, I mean, sometimes a couple thousand people on a weekend. And, and every time, if I'm not careful, the thoughts before I get up into that pulpit are, I'm, I'm, I just hope I'm good enough. Yeah. yeah. And so I think, you know, there's that that's really what drives us is the like the fear that we're not good enough. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, when you say that, sorry, Mike, to even go back to your yeah. point of like, um, you know, feel of failure is actually. I put a lot all in yeah, one. Like yeah. Like to feel of failure, like actually can be really good for us. I think we have to recognize that. I think it's, it's because we think failure is bad. Mm-hmm. 
when like sometimes failure just like helps reveal things we need to work on. Yeah, the Lord's taught us all a lot, I'm sure, through the moments that we feel like we failed. Yeah, yeah. probably the most, right? Yeah, yeah honestly, yeah. we recognize we like we are at the end of ourselves and we need to rely more on God or we try to be mm-hmm. more in control. And you know I mean like I think the failure, it's like necessary. The valleys and the high tops is what God really needs yeah. from like us. Like our insufficiency is what proves our need for God. Yeah, like mm-hmm. the Bible clearly says like, yeah, like uh, in, in my weakness, right? Mm-hmm. I, he's made strong, you know? Literally. And so it's like, uh, we have to. I think we have to start with the perspective of we need to redefine mm. what failure is. It's not bad, you yeah. know. Yeah, it can be good. Yeah, yeah, it can be, and it also can be bad. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah. but it's not. But it's not out of. It's, it's not, like both hand. But yeah. it's in God's control. Yeah, totally. right. It, do you trust? Do you trust the God of creation to actually have your best interests at heart? Yeah, because yeah. like failure is not the end of the world. No, 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 it's not. But yeah. we think it is, if I'm being really honest. That was even hard probably for us to even say, no, it's not. Yeah. Yeah. I was like thinking as you're saying, like, is it? Uh, <laughs> I, I, I trust KO. <laughs> but, but it's not. It's, it's not the worst thing in the world. No, but we, but we believe it is. Yeah. And that's, I think, what creates it being the bad thing for us. So why is it so bad? Like what, what, what are the consequences of carrying around this fear of failure or, or, you know, maybe said a different way uh, of feeling like you're not good enough mm-hmm. or, or that you're going to let people down mm-hmm. and, and you know, what, what, what weight does that put on our lives? Rejection. <laughs> I like, when you say those things, all I think of is just like exile. Mm. Like, tell I, me more about that. Like, break that down for me. Like, for me, if it's like when you're saying like uh, feel a failure, feeling not worth, like all those things, they're all in like probably in relationship. Like I'm, mm-hmm. uh, and so then therefore, all I think of is like when if I don't meet those th- expectations, um, then maybe I'm not wanted or needed, or do I even have a purpose? Yeah. And so all I heard was just like, e- you know, like exile, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then that like just I think that's what. I think, I don't know, I think I, I would say for me, that's probably what drives most of it is I want to do well because I just want to be loved. I just want to be like, ah, like you're not a burden and yeah. I want to yeah. be a part of my life. I don't know, like, I don't know if the listeners feel the same way, but it's just like, I don't want to seem weak, Yeah, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, Bryn, what do you think? I mean, what do you think about the negative consequences to this, like such, such a relevant, yeah. you know, mindset that we have? I mean, I think like tangibly something that, uh, we don't think about even in our own fear of failure because that's like very centered around ourselves. Like what makes, what is me failing? Um, but I do think fear of failure can also like destroy relationships, just like our own need to be in perfection state. Or I think um, the way that we show up, if we're going to be authentic or if we're going to put out what we think other people need from us. And so I think pretty like real life examples can be that it can destroy some relationships around you. Yeah. If that's what's like ruling you. And it's not just relationships. It's not just our own emotions. It's actually physically too. I was mm-hmm. I was uh, talking with uh, Ashley Berry. She's mm-hmm. on staff here. She's our controller. She's fantastic, uh, and a faithful listener of the Wellcast. Love it. Um, but uh, I was talking with her, and and we were talking about stress, like stress management. And listen, stress is the number one revealer of a fear of failure. Mm. Like, I mean, if you're feeling stressed, it's because you don't want, it's because you have something to do that you feel like if you don't do it right, it will let somebody else down who you respect and care about, or at the very least, like are accountable to. And so I I was talking to her about stressful things and she's like, I I get stressed. And she's like, but I have, I've learned the ability to like turn it off. Mm. And I was like, what wow. is that like? What? Yeah. It's amazing. I was like, I literally looked at her. I'm like, what is that like? Like yeah. how, how, how do you just like hit a button? And yeah. Like, well, I don't, I think she works harder than, For sure. than, <laughs> than that. But, but I, 
I just remember going, I'm, I'm an achiever. Mm-hmm. Like, I think we all know that, right? I mean, Jordan makes fun of me all the time because <laughs> I, I can't turn it off. Yeah. Like, yeah. And, and I carry around this level of anxiety in my life that realistically, like it, it's crippling sometimes. Mm. I, I described it yesterday to Ashley. I, f- I feel like I'm always in fight or flight mode. Mm. Like always. Wow. And even when I'm even when I'm resting, I'm like trying to be the best at rest. <laughs> and it's it's so best at rest. it's so tiring. Yeah. And there's anxiety and then there's physical, you know, responses. Like I have I have, you know, stiff necks all the time. Mm. Like, you know, you, yeah. the the whole our wholeness is connected. Yeah. So our soul is connected to our emotions, is connected to our brain, which is connected to our bodies. And stress and and this fear of failure puts weight and tension on it all. Yeah. And so how do we, I mean, I'm going to ask a question that I don't think any of us are experts at. Yeah. But how do we, how do we combat this fear of failure? Like where, where do we, where do we go? Because I, I read, I read in, in uh, Psalm 23. Yep. And, and it, it actually, it shares a, a desire that that I think God has for us mm. that I do, if I'm honest, I don't delight in as often as I should. Mm. I mean, it, 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 he says, the, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So first step, right? I mean, wow. like I, I provided for him. He, whatever he gives me, mm. whatever he gives me is what I need. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then he, he says, he makes me lie down in green pastures. And I'm like, God, if you make me lie down in a green pasture, I'm going to be there for like 2.5 seconds. I'll do it because <laughs> you told me. But then I got, then I got, I got plans. <laughs> yeah. like I got stuff to do. Uh, he leads me by, beside still waters. Yeah. He restores my soul. Mm. How many of us need a restored soul? Yeah. I yeah. know I do. Yeah. I, and it's just this idea of rest and trust and who God is. Like he is our shepherd. And so, you know, based on Psalm 23 or anything else that you guys have, what, what are some ways that our listeners can combat this fear of failure? Uh, yeah, I'm for Psalm 23. Yeah. Because of the picture that it paints for us of just like refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I, yeah, I'm not an expert. I'm still striving and trying to have worth in what I do a lot mm-hmm. of times, not recognizing and living and how I am designed and who I am to be because of the, Lord's, the way the Lord's doing in me. But... I think what I'm trying to do, how's that? That's great. What I'm trying to do is uh, recognize that I can sit still. Mm-hmm. I don't have to earn uh, the Lord's favor or love because it's already given. Mm. Uh, I can't take something that's already given. I don't, I don't have to earn something if it's already given. Um, and so I'd say for me, I, I'm trying to remember that, right? Just remembering that like God's asking me to lay down. Mm. So I can't tell you something that I do. Brent's heard it. I just lay down my driveway at the end of work. I'll sit, I'll lay down my driveway. Mm. A, it's grounding. Yeah. I don't know. Literally. Like people probably don't have time for that, but I wonder like if we made time to actually center ourselves and learn. I lay down my driveway and I look up and I rec- like when I look up, it's like everything about my world is very tiny in comparison to what the Lord's doing. Mm. And so I should rest in the fact that he's still moving even when I'm sitting. Yeah. And he's got everything in control. Did you, by the way, did you did you guys see that that telescope that came out a few weeks ago with all the galaxies? <laughs> yeah, that yes, I saw that on Twitter. And I was How like, big wow. is God? Mm. I love I love what you just shared. I mean the 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 ability to just take a moment, yeah, throughout your day, several moments, right? Yeah, and and just center yourself on on who we are compared to who God is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's big. 
Yeah. I mean, I think two things come to mind. One is like all throughout scripture, there's like identities given to us by the Lord. Um, I know for me, like I take a lot of peace in the fact that all throughout scripture says I'm delighted in, which like comes from this idea of who I already am, like Mm. not what I'm doing. The Lord delights in me. And I feel like fear of failure is a lot of like, I have to earn this. And so just to leave it at that, like, oh, the Lord delights in me. Like he's not looking down disappointed in me, um, has helped me a lot. But I think also, and this isn't in the sense of like people being that affirmation for us, but I do think in community, in a healthy way, you can like ask those around you who love the Lord to point you to that Mm -hmm. truth. Um, and something I've been trying to be better at is with like a trusted mentor or like a few of my like girlfriends that are my people just saying like, Hey, right now I'm believing that like I'm failing at my job or like right now I'm believing that I'm not going to be good enough for anyone or like no one loves me mm-hmm. or whatever that is. Like I feel like I get this lot of things, mm-hmm. but, uh, having people in my life who love me and love the Lord and not asking in like a, a codependent way where they're the only way I get that, but for them in that moment to be like, Hey, can I tell you what I see in your life? And can I point you to scripture when you're not feeling the motivation to do that for yourself, mm-hmm. um, has been like really healing for me. And there's a vulnerability in that in letting people know that side of you. That's like the fears that you're having. But I think that's been something that's really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. And then I think asking the question, what's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. What is it? I mean, that'll preach. <laughs> I mean, we, we fill in the blanks all the time. Right. Mm. Like, yeah. And I honestly, I'm just telling you, I, I, there's no, no fault of anyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, just my own expectations. I'm crippled by the expectations. Other people don't have of me. <laughs> like I love yeah. you. Don't have of yeah, me. <laughs> because I think you thought I was going to say other people. I, yeah, have I, I of was me. expecting that. But I, I just think if I'm honest, like I, and I'm trying to sort through it in my own life, but I think I often put other people's expectations in their own mouths. Mm. Yeah. Like they don't actually have those expectations of me. Like do, does, does the well expect for me to do a good job? Yeah. yeah. Do they expect for me to be perfect or, or nail every single deadline. <laughs> no. 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 And, and I think I start to, I start to define myself by literally these lies, yeah. these expectations that other people have. And so asking like two questions, what is true mm-hmm. and what's the worst thing that could happen? Yeah. And I think I, I just, I, I'm definitely not an expert. I'm still trying to figure it out. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, even this week is a is really hard week to even talk about fear of failure because I'm yeah. probably at one of the heights that I've been in in a long time. Mm-hmm. And, and yet I just go, in what areas am I creating more fear for myself? Yeah. Yeah. Like, we just don't have to live in that fear because God says the perfect love casts out fear. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, what if if I have to fear a relationship that I have with a boss or a coworker or a, a spouse, if I have to fear that me letting them down one time will drastically change this relationship, then I think I have the wrong picture mm-hmm. and I'm starting to live out of lies instead of living out of truth. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I think something you can kind of ask yourself in those moments too is like, who am I making the main character in this story right now? And for me, like very honestly, I can have such a selfish picture in that. Like I'm the main character here. These people have these expectations on me because I am this big deal. And it's like, okay, like chill out girlfriend, like humble yourself. If Jesus is the center of the story and he's the main character, it helps us to not have this like idea of the expectations everyone has on us. In my opinion. That's good. Well, I will, uh, if, if you're listening, I think, uh, you 
got a few nuggets to help process through a lifelong fight. Yeah. And we're there with you. Uh, we're dealing with it just like you are. And, and I think there's, there's a comfort in knowing we're not alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so hopefully we, we talked about a little bit of a, you know, practical game plan for what it looks like to deal with this fear of failure. Uh, we hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'll see you back here next time. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Wellcast. As always, don't forget to subscribe and tell your friends about us. For more information about the Well Community Church, visit thewellcommunity.org.